Our scripture today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 16. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. This is the word of the Lord. What's well, so good to see people here today on this fine Palm Sunday, and it's my favorite part of the service. Do you guys want to know why this is my favorite part of the service? Because I get to take my mask off, and it feels great, so... Anyway, you see I have a very beautiful assistant over here. Say hi to Ruby, my second child. Ruby wanted to help me preach today, and so she's got some questions, just like Marcella was able to do some months ago. And Marcella's getting to help run the live stream, so we're having a whole family affair here today. Um, I have to tell you, as we're driving to the church, Ruby started getting really excited, and she said, we're almost there, I can tell, I can tell we're almost there. And she goes, there it is, there's the church, there it is. And we pulled into the parking lot, and she says, Oh, I haven't seen it in so long. It looks the same. And we came in, and her and Marcella have been running around the children's wing. Uh, They found toys. They left here a year ago. They were so excited to see this place. They wanted to be in the sanctuary. So their enthusiasm, I bet, is met by your own as well for being back at a a spiritual home such as this. But uh, anyway, my heart was strangely warmed by that, and I was sad at the same time, if you can understand holding two competing feelings at once. Um, Before we go any further, let's begin with a word of prayer. And what I'm going to ask everyone to do is take a few moments to not just inhale breath, but to breathe and empty your lungs. I was talking to someone this past week who said, when we do that, not only can we imagine that on the inhalation we're we're breathing in the breath of God, but that we can calm ourselves for a more open headspace to think about Holy Scripture. So everyone take a deep breath and breathe in the breath of God. Gracious Lord, we're thankful for this day of life and I'm thankful for the children. I'm thankful for being able to be here in this place to think about your holy and sacred text. God, send your spirit now for you and I know that without you, I can do nothing. And we hope that your spirit is here now and wherever I can be heard, that we may go a little bit more inspired by your holy scriptures to live in the manner of Jesus Christ. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. It's Palm Sunday. It's not my favorite aspect of Holy Week, but it's Palm Sunday. Some people love it. They love the palms and and all the pomp and circumstance. I always just thought it kind of was silly because when I was a little kid, they'd hand out these branches in church and I didn't really know what it was about. But as was so beautifully read by that giant kid over there, last time I saw him, he wasn't so big and his hair wasn't so long. Hi, John. How you doing? How many haircuts have you had during COVID? You've had two haircuts? Man, you're like unrecognizable. Handsome devil too, I got to tell you. But at any rate, before you, after we heard his reading, we were probably all called back into other readings we've read of this story, remembering our church experiences. Jesus rides into Jerusalem during Passover, and this is called the triumphal entry. People lay palms, and they lay cloaks down, and they shout this funny word, Hosanna, and it starts off 
big that day and then quickly goes downhill for Jesus the rest of the week. So, Ruby has written some questions. I thought I'd let her ask them, and we can see how, how this goes. Are you ready to go, darling? My first question, why do they say Hosanna? How many of you have ever wondered what that word Hosanna means? I've wondered. I've looked it up. I've studied it. The word Hosanna means something like save us. It's a word of praise. It's a word of hope. But in a lot of ways, it means save us. And the Old Testament people of God believed that God was going to send a Messiah or a king to come in and establish God's rule and reign in that place and time. And so in a very large way, what they were imagining was a political government leader who would come in and throw off the Roman leadership, therefore saving the people for God to live in God's ways. What's your next question? Did that make sense? <laughs> Clear as mud, huh? Why do they wave palm branches? That's the question I always thought as a kid as well. In the Old Testament and in that day and time, waving palms was a symbol of victory. Like when a king would come back on, on some campaign, they would be greeted by the people, people of the city laying down palm branches. It's kind of like saying hip, hip, hooray. It's uh, festive. It's, it's almost like you are laying down a path for the king to come in on. It, it, I've never been to one of these, and I bet environmentally we never will do them again, but I, I see images of the ticker tape parades in New York City when we're celebrating something big like the end of the World War II uh, or maybe a World Series victory or something like that. As the parade would go by, the ticker tape would fall from the sky like confetti. Palms serve that purpose. They're very celebratory. I have... Another question. Why on Sunday they worship Jesus, but on Friday they kill him? It's a very good question. I think the best way we can understand that is they were expecting something else. They got a servant who came to lay his life down. They didn't get a warrior king. I think on the entrance into Jerusalem, a lot of his followers were excited about him, but throughout the week, Jesus upset people with the things that he said, and in some ways, there's this word that I know is going to be over your head, but there's this thing that this philosopher, Rene Girard, talks about called mimetic desire. Mimetic desire is the reason for mob mentality. We, uh, what it means is we start imitating each other, and so there's a frenzy. People got worked up into a frenzy, and I believe there was some of that going on as well. And so people then went with the crowds and turned on Jesus when he was not coming in as a king with a sword, but he was coming in as a servant king, and that upset them greatly. Any more? Yes. My sister helped me make this one up, but why do we worship God on Sunday. I love that you gave Marcella a shout out. That was really sweet of you. Give me a fist bump. You got to bump it. There you go. Well, we worship God all the time, right? Christians are called to worship God in spirit and truth all the time, but we gather for church on Sunday and not on other days, for instance, because this is the day that Jesus resurrected. 
the Old Testament people of God, and even into the New Testament, they worship a lot on Saturday um, as a collection of people. But because Jesus rose again on Easter Sunday, Sunday became the, the time of corporate gathering. Do you have any other questions, honey? Okay, thank you. You did a great job. Certainly, you look a lot better than I do. Give her a round of applause. Yeah. I think this is pretty courageous to do. Um, as Miss Sarah said in the children's moment, um, it is so funny how Jesus subverted the expectations of the people. That doesn't always go well for people when their expectations are subverted, but he was almost making a display that was um, against big government empire thinking. They would have expected a king on a war horse, and he chose a donkey. This is really fitting for the character of Jesus. And we hear in Paul's letter to the Philippians, in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, this great, people think this is an old hymn of the church that was sung, you know, even decades before it was written by Paul, that even though he was in the very form of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He poured himself out, even to the point of becoming a slave, and then even to the point of cross death. And cross death was a traitorous, treasonous kind of death. And I know in our art, we like to have images of the cross where there's three of them and Jesus is in the middle and it's really high up. But Martin Hengel says in his book, Crucifixion, that the cross would have been something that you could have walked by and stared him right in the eye because it wasn't just meant to hurt. It was meant to humiliate. And I know our, our, our art doesn't reflect this as much too, that he, he, was, he was naked, which for the Hebrew mindset was an incredibly embarrassing thing. They were not like the Greeks that did public displays of nudity. They were very modest. And so here we are shaming him as well as hurting him and humiliating him. The king of all creation has come into the world not to push people around, not to take by force, not to manipulate behind the scenes to get his way. The king of the universe has come into the world to win it over by love, by serving. Think about that as you think about how you negotiate your life. How are you exerting your influence in this world? Is it through power? Is it through competition? Or are you coming in a spirit of service? Let us close with a word of prayer, and then we'll continue our worship together. Gracious Lord, I'm so very thankful for my daughter, Ruby, who could come and help talk with me about this sermon. And we just ask, God, that you give us the spirit and heart of Jesus, of humility, that we may truly change the world with love. It is in his name that we pray and God's people say together, amen.